Hey, it's Connor. Thanks for pressing play. If you like this episode, I don't know, listen to it again. Send it to your friend. And the audio portrait this month is of Anne Driscoll. Two things you need to know about the episode before we get stuck in. Anne has spent the majority of her life working and advocating for people who have been wrongfully convicted of crimes. And that happens way more often than you think. The second thing is that wrongful convictions themselves, 75% of them are caused by witness misidentification. So either the victim or a witness will point out the wrong person as having done the crime. There are the two things. I'll leave it over to Anne. Enjoy. And then he held out his arms. And so I hugged my mugger. So I hugged my mugger. We are at Harold's Cross Bridge, and this was my neighborhood. I lived on the Grand Canal. It was great because it was like a five-minute walk to Griffith College, where I was Fulbright Scholar working with the Irish Innocence Project. My last night in Dublin. I was walking back to my apartment along the Grand Canal, and it dawned on me that like, I was leaving the next day, and I, I really didn't know if I'd ever be back. And uh, I thought, you know, you should take some pictures of the neighborhood. The street, and uh, here I am at Carol's Cross Bridge. And I was leaning on this railing, and I had my iPhone in my hand, and completely by surprise, uh, a guy on a bike came riding up on the sidewalk behind me and tried to grab my iPhone. What did he say to you? He didn't say a word, but I said to him, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Very Boston. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you don't really know how you're going to react when something like that happens, but that is apparently how I reacted. <laughs> and... Um, we kind of like struggled back and forth and I, I managed to hang on to the iPhone. But then I realized that uh, somehow or another my bag, the handle of my bag had gotten caught in the handlebars of his bike. But I could see that he saw that if he got away, he was going to get my ba- bag. And in my bag was not only the 120 euros I had taken out from an ATM machine, Uh, but also all my credit cards, my PPS card, and my passport. And I was leaving the next morning, and the reason I was leaving the next morning was because my son was getting his doctorate in physical therapy, and I knew instantly I wasn't going to make it. I just went into, like, mother mode. I just, I went mental, and um, we just started, like, hand-to-hand combat. And I was wrestling with him, and I just said, give me my bag. And he just took off, and... He, like, do, you, he, do you remember looking at his face, or do you remember, like, a... I, you know... You would think I would remember looking at his face. I don't really remember looking at his face. And you just, I was just kind of focused on making sure I got my bag back. And 
He he did. He left my bag. He also left his bike. So he took <laughs> off on foot. He took off on foot, and he took so off underneath. He, he took off underneath here, underneath the bridge. So he went around the corner here. Went down and down under the bridge and went that way. And I only know that because uh, after he took off, uh, this woman came up. Oh, she was over in that. Um, over there at the corner and she came up and she said uh, I saw the whole thing and she said I saw him go under the bridge blah 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 and she said also she said by the way she said you are the only person I know who gets mugged and then ends up mugging the mugger <laughs> you got a bike out of it <laughs> I did but not for long the police ended up confiscating it Uh, but anyways, uh, then another guy came up, and he was on a bike, and he said, I, f- I followed the guy, I, and uh, he had come up from that way through the lanes, and he said, um, I called the police, and I think they have him. You know, I've never been a victim of a crime. Um, you know, I've covered a lot of criminal trials, but I've never actually been a victim. And they said, you know, would you come down and ID somebody? And oh, I thought, oh my God, I don't want to do this because I, you know, I know what the problems are. And this kind of ID, it's called a show up. There's an actual name for it. It's, you know, the kind of ID that happens right after a crime takes place where a victim or a witness is taken down. You know, somebody might be sitting in the back of a police car or, in my case, he was leaning against a fence with a cop on either side of him. Oh, so, sorry, yes, it's not a lineup. It's just It's not a lineup. Person. And that's the problem is that it's very, very subjective. It's not like you have a lineup of eight individuals and you look to see if anybody looks like the perpetrator. There's one guy and... Uh, and so I am looking at this guy and I'm thinking, I didn't want to be responsible for someone else's wrongful conviction. So, like, um, yeah, can you, like what, was the, what was the kind of the debate in your head at the time? What was, like, one side saying and the other side saying? Well, one side was saying, don't make a mistake here, Anne. But on the other side, it was saying, you're here, you know, you're being asked to ID this person. And it was... Uh, it was a huge internal struggle and in the end I did say well I think it's him but I could not say that I was 100% sure because I wasn't and really like the worst part of it wasn't the mugging itself it was making that ID Um, and I really felt for people who are victims of crime because it's not easy to be a victim and make an eyewitness identification Exactly three hours after I was mugged, I got a call from the guards and they said, we just want you to know that he has confessed and he, uh, he wanted us to call you to tell you he was sorry and that he wanted to apologize. I said to the guard, would you please tell him thank you? I, I truly appreciate that. And I said, uh, would you also tell him that at some point I would like to 
to sit down and talk with him. And the guard started laughing. He thought I was making a joke. And I said, no, I'm not joking. I said, um, you know, I don't want to berate this guy. I really just want to sit down and hear his story. And I did get that opportunity exactly one year and one day after I met my mugger on this bridge. I saw him again. What did you say? Um, They told me that he was uh, waiting and that they asked me if I still wanted to, to meet him. And I said yes, and he was in the foyer of the courtroom. It was the day of his sentencing. And he looked at me and he said, I'm really, really sorry. He said, the drugs took 10 years of my life, but I've been clean and sober for eight months. And he said, I'm just really, truly sorry. And then he held out his arms. And so I hugged my mugger. And then the judge sadly said that because he had a suspended sentence hanging over his head that um, he had no choice but to sentence him to three and a half years. Hopefully that meant something to him that somebody um, you know believed in him that believed in his remorse and believed in his uh, desire to to uh, to change and the interesting thing though about that day is that it wasn't until that day that I noticed for the very first time that he had what's called a Chelsea smile and that is um, you know he was cut from ear to mouth quite a distinguishing feature yeah something that happens in prison to people sometimes and yes a very distinguishing feature And the truth is that, you know, I couldn't have been any closer to that man when I was wrestling on this bridge. And I never saw that. Uh, I never noticed it. And it just, again, hit home to me how difficult it is to be an eyewitness and really how important it is to get things right. And how did it affect your work afterwards? Uh, I, I, I mean, I think that the whole experience made me much more sensitive to victims and witnesses, but also much more um, dedicated to what I'm doing because it is really important that that you get it right and um, because the damage that can be done to people's lives when you don't is just so profound. Thank you for listening. That was Anne Driscoll. You can find out more about Anne by visiting andriscoll-gracecommunications.com. Music in this episode was from Blue Dot Sessions. And if you like, you can hit subscribe and join me next month for more portraits of everyday people.